You're listening to the Always Be Booked Caribbean Cruise and Orlando Vacation Cruise Cast with your host, Tommy Casabona. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast show coming to you not quite live from New York City. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to find, download, and listen to the show as we cover anything and everything relating to cruising. I want to invite you guys at the top of the show, as usual, to join our Facebook group, which is the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge. Again, this is a Facebook group. It's growing, a lot of fun, but it's not a page. It's not a friend page or a fan page or anything. Look under groups for Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge. And we have some back and forth, a lot of good information in there from a lot of our listeners. And uh, I like to think that... We throw around some cool little topics, a lot of ideas, and it's a fun little area. Sometimes it's serious, sometimes it's not. Either way, check it out. The Always Be Booked Facebook, I'm sorry, the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge Facebook group. Also, Instagram, Always Be Booked. And subscribe and review on iTunes. I haven't really touched on that in a couple of weeks now, but yeah, the best way, besides telling somebody who likes cruises about the show, uh, that you could help the show is to subscribe and review on iTunes. That puts us in a little bit more of a category where we come across in a lot more search bars when people are searching about shows about travel or cruising or vacationing. And uh, that just helps us out a lot. Always be booked. If you can subscribe, that's great. If you can review it, even better. Thank you guys so much in advance for that to those of you who uh, decide that. Also, shout out to one. One uh, actually... Threw a suggestion out there in the Always Be Booked Cruises and Lounge on Facebook, and it was very, very appreciated. And it was a little, uh, you know, I probably, <laughs> I probably shouldn't be asking you guys to do this, but hey, screw it, why not? It's not me. I used to do that too when I was first kind of doing this thing. I would kind of spam it out in a lot of cruise groups, and it's a little weird if I do it. Hey, I'm just saying, if you guys, you know, really like the show and want to get it out there, and remember, don't forget, I know who the fans are at the beginning. Um, if you guys are so inclined to maybe share it in a Facebook cruise group that you are in, feel free. We would not be mad at that. Speaking of cruise groups, <clears throat> one of the ones I am in, uh, Norwegian Casino at Sea. We talk a lot about the gambling, uh, you know, crusades that we go on on the on the cruises, and I. It's funny because I tell a lot of stories about the gambling and the swings, and even the people that I cruise with are like watching me, and it's a. You know, I'm down 500, I'm up 1,500, I'm down 2,000, I'm down 2,200. And that's kind of like where I stay. And it's actually funny because the way people react to my gambling is like, man, I guess I'm a heavy hitter. So I'm like, where are my free cruises? Where are my perks? And actually, I always go back to that summer, I think it was 2014, where I was kind of hitting it not that heavy. Some Like I just described to you. And I got three free cruises in one summer. And I don't know what happened. That just was like, if that was, I assumed, is that like a crazy anomaly? Apparently it was because I just dipped into the Norwegian Casino at Sea, a group that I happened to be in, and I just threw out my stats. And uh, I was like, guys, I'm just throwing this out there. I don't know. You know, I, this is where my play was on my last cruise on the Escape. And am I wrong to assume that I should be entitled to thinking I'm... And it wasn't, nobody was rude, but they were all like, oh, no, dude, you're not even close. Like, you, you, a couple of thousand dollars, you only lost a couple of thousand dollars, or you only won a couple of thousand dollars, or you only had, like, 
five, six thousand dollars in the field and you know no, you can't you know, you're not at that level. You're not at that level where you're gonna get free cruises, you know, not even close. Maybe a discount on an inside cabin or something like that. So I'm like in this room and they're all like, Look at this piker coming in here thinking he should be getting free cruises. Meanwhile he's only betting a couple of thousand. So there's the answer on that. I guess uh you know, it is a little different. I was also told that it's different than Vegas. I know in Vegas and Atlantic City and a lot of land-based casinos, the perks are different. And I assume that they were the same at sea. But it makes sense that they're not because I heard that, <clears throat> excuse me, just we had a crazy Steeler night last night at the uh, the old Irish exit. And uh, I was there late. I didn't drink at all, not a sip, but I was there till very late. And I... These are this podcast is the first words I'm uttering for the day. So if I'm not uh, sounding a hundred percent, feel great. Just probably a little, just still shaking some cobwebs. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what was I saying? Um, so in Vegas or Atlantic City, if you gamble and you win a lot of money, they know you're probably there, and you're going to win more money, or you're going to try to win more money, and they want their money back from you now if you win on a cruise ship you're likely getting off the cruise ship and you're gonna kind of like you know count your winnings and go home you'll probably use that money spend it towards something else so the psychology is is that if you lose you're a real gambler and they want you back (laughs) and they think that you want to get your money back and they will give you more perks for losing i guess that's how it was explained to me i'm still not 100 percent sure but that's what happened, and uh, it is what it is. So um, speaking of the casino, I got an offer in the mail, and it was a nice offer, a significant offer, finally, based on my casino play. Now, on the Norwegian, I'm sorry, the Royal Caribbean Oasis of the Seas that I went on with a lovely Miss Kay, I don't know where I ended up. I ended up probably about 24, 2,500 down. Lost, I lost it. And, uh, you know, like I said, I was on board and they didn't really, they weren't overwhelming me with offers. And I was like, damn, I was like, I expected a little bit more, but didn't get anything. So, uh, you know, they offered me stuff here and there. And finally, just last week, I got a significant offer in the mail and it was $500 off the cabin of a Super Bowl cruise. So they gave me they gave me one choice of five Super Bowl cruises. I can choose one of five Super Bowl cruises where I can get $500 off the stateroom and uh it you know, it would be a Super Bowl themed cruise, which you know, I'm again we talked about this how I'm a little down on the NFL and it's not it's for a multitude of reasons and we're not getting into politics here. It's more like the uh the way the game is and the flow of the game and it speaks more towards the issues and the rule changes and the delays and the starting and the stopping and the instant replay and the, you know, it's just the game is the product is not what it used to be. And that's why I kind of jumped off the NFL bandwagon a couple of years ago. But again, I'm probably going to jump back on. I already find myself starting to jump back on with, you know, the importance of the Steelers doing well as it pertains to my business. But digressing, I did see that there were five sailings and I'm probably going to pick the enchantment of the seas and the other thing about the super bowl the super bowl is typically my birthday weekend um, my birthday is on february 4th so i'm gonna book that cruise and what i think i'm gonna do is the fact that i'm gonna take a super bowl cruise in january may one of the reasons why i didn't want to pick the royal caribbean anthem of the seas cruise as my next cruise is because i didn't want to wait that long between cruises usually i try to do march now if i'm doing a january now I'm sorry, a February now, 
that may take the sting out of having to wait till March for another cruise. So it may all be working out great. And the great part is, is that $500 off the stateroom covers the entire cruise on the enchantment of the three-day enchantment of the seas cruise that I'm looking at going on. So I would just be responsible for the port charges and taxes. So that's cool. Big shout out to Royal Caribbean for stepping up and actually sending in a significant offer. Honestly, that shit works because I probably would not be interested in sailing on a Royal Caribbean cruise for a Super Bowl cruise unless this was going to happen. And yes, I'm going to get on the ship and yes, I'm going to get a, you know, spend a bunch of money on drinks and spend a bunch of money gambling and who knows where that gets me. But, um, you know, they did a good service to themselves and everybody's happy. So, I do appreciate that, and I'm looking forward to that cruise, Super Bowl 2018. I wonder who's going to make it. Who you guys think is in the Super Bowl? The Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots look like they are headed for a collision course in the AFC, and the NFC seems to be wide open. You have, could be the Saints, it could be the Eagles, it could be even people talking about the Rams, you know, which is crazy. Uh, but hey, listen, we'll save the sports talk for a little while. Uh you know what? Let's not. Big shout out and congratulations to Jose Altuve from the Houston Astros. He beat out Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees for the most valuable player in baseball. You guys agree with that? I don't know, man. I I kind of do after you factor in the World Series, but the World Series isn't supposed to be included in the MLB most valuable player decision-making process. It's supposed to be the regular season. And if you looked at the regular season, stats-wise, it's not even close. Judge crushes him. But Judge is a rookie. He's going to have plenty of time for that, and I'm sure they consider that as well. All right, sorry. Speaking of being in the bar, I was there the other other weekend, and I just kind of noted and noticed it. And it just means nothing. This has nothing to do with cruising, and it's not going to be a long rant like the New York City bike-slash-pedestrian-slash-traffic nightmare was. But I just couldn't help it. And it was like, while I was noticing it, I was just like, something I'm going to just bring up on the podcast. Now I know this is the whole, this is going to be a get-off-my-lawn, grumpy old man type of thing. I am... Not in any way, shape, or form someone who considers themselves a millennium, even though the Uniworld River Cruises would put me in that category because they have the millennial cruises, millennial-only cruises that are for people who are 20 years old to 45 years old that can go on river cruises and takes and uh, enjoy silent discos. But that's not what we're talking about here. So I'm at the bar, I'm hanging out, the music's going. People showing up, Saturday night, getting going, 11.30, 11 o'clock, 11.30, people rolling in. Remember, New York City, the bars are open till 4, so people sometimes come out later than they do in other places. But I'm just watching these groups of guys. I mean, the cologne is through the roof, and, you know, they're hanging out near the DJ booth, and I'm near the bar, which is a kind of like a, you know, area where it's all kind of centrally located. And they get there. They order their drinks. You could tell these are just those douchey guys that are just going to go out. Not bad guys, but they're going out. They're on a mission. They're trying to get some girls. And you know that's why they're going out, to get drunk and get some girls, which is you can't knock that. That's why a lot of people go out, you know, not mentioning any names, but it is what it is. So these guys do that, and they get their drink. Now they're settled in. They start bobbing their heads for their music. And all of a sudden, somebody pulls out a cell phone, and they don't like first of all i don't know i've never gone out with my friends and then the first thing we do when we get our drinks all right cool yeah we're out let's get a good group shot let's get a group photo not only do they do that but i guess you got to hit up all the avenues of social media you got to do your freaking snapchat you got to do your facebook you got to do your Instagram. 
And these guys, these four men, like seemingly males that are like, you know, if I would compare to like when I was in the game in my mid-20s, when I, this would be us, you know, belts on, shirts on, showered up, ready to hit the town. I'm not joking they spent 15 minutes trying to get the perfect selfie. And not only the perfect selfie, you got the Snapchat video. They're all looking cool and like trying to do their little funny faces and like, yeah, but you know, I, they spent 15 minutes with themselves screwing around on their phone, different angles. Oh, let's get this angle. Let's turn around. Let's get the crowd in the back. Let's get the DJ booth in the back. Let's get, I'm lost, man. This is a world that I'm not familiar with and I'm not sure I even want to be a part of. Uh, are you kidding me? Is this really what it is now? Somebody weigh in with that on me. You guys know, have you guys seen that where it's just like, I get it. The women, I get it. You know what I mean? You spend a lot of time getting ready. You wear your pretty dress. Your girls look beautiful. And I, that's even a little too much. I mean, this is a culture where people go out and it's nothing for people out of nowhere to just be making sexy faces into a telephone and taking selfies. And then, like, if that would have happened in the, in the, in the 90s <laughs> or the early 2000s when I was coming up, I'd be like, what, a, dude, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? But it's nothing for someone to just take the phone, point it towards their own face, and do the duck lips and look in different angles. Like, the, man, it's, it's, I know, like I said, it's the grumpy old man soapbox, but I can't imagine the level of narcissism that is going on in this. And then it's like totally normal to where, okay, I'm making my duck lips into the freaking camera. And then I'm showing the camera to some other people. The people already know, oh, I'm on a Snapchat. So then they start getting into it too. Hey, girl. Yeah. Or the guy's doing it too. Yeah, bro. I'm like, I don't get it, man. I, I really don't get it. And. What you have to do is just put yourself in a different mental place and be like, this is what the world is. But, man, you you own or operate or, you know, whatever, with a bar or restaurant, you just look up and you just see this going on. Hands up in the air, phones, everything, and that's what's really, really important. You know, it's the biggest, biggest cliche in the world. Oh, people don't interact and everybody's on their phone. You know, it, it is a cliche and it is an oversaid blanket statement and it is kind of tired and boring to keep saying it because it's really not interesting because everybody does do it. But you you have to realize there's going to be social, there's going to be psychological and social impact for years to come and it's going to be very, very interesting to see how it affects society as, society as a whole. But uh, all right, so let's move on. Let's get into some cruise news. All right. Norwegian Gem had to cancel a sailing on November 11th. She was set to sail out of New York City. But because of a propulsion issue, she was not able to return to port after leaving the Big Apple on Halloween for an 11-day Southern Caribbean or SOCA sailing that has been given a revised itinerary that actually ends in Barbados on the 11th. So these people were set to go out and come back round trip. But... The cruise actually ended on the 11th in Barbados. On B- Barbados, Norwegian did make arrangements to fly all the guests back to New York on or by the 11th. Uh, they were also extending an offer of 25% off on their next cruise. Can you imagine? It just gives you an idea of how much money these cruise lines make. So we got some engine trouble. All right, let's find flights for 2,500 people on short notice. No problem. Also, the sailing that was canceled, uh, all those people 
were scheduled to leave out on the 11th. Um, they they will get a full refund. They're going to get 50% off on their next cruise. And Norwegian is going to cover up to $300 in flight change fees and travel arrangements that guests were for the guests, you know, the ones that were planning on making, uh, having to commute to get to the board. A lot of people that leave New York sail out of New York. And that's, you know, it's very, very common. This is, you know, if you're going to fly to a port, you're more likely, I guess maybe some people, people do, of course, clearly people do fly to New York, but the percentage of people that cruise out of New York are coming from New York, which whereas Florida, a lot of people are flying to Florida, Miami, anywhere like that, New Orleans, stuff like that. But um, Norwegian, like I said, will cover up to $300 in the flight change fees. And uh, it's crazy. I know you don't want to hear this if you're actually booked on this cruise, but I mean, because you really, you don't care. You just want to go on your cruise. In my opinion, however, and I think it's across the board in the temperature I've taken with the cruising community, Norwegian Cruise Line did do as pretty much as good as they could have. I don't know how you're going to handle that any any better. What do you guys think? Uh, by the way, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Keep the emails coming. Uh, if you think Norwegian handled that properly, let me know. I think they did. I don't really know what else you're supposed to do. But, you know, again, when this stuff does happen, it gets so much attention. But if you really, really analyze out of all the cruises that go out all throughout the years, months, weeks, whatever, it really is very, very rare that this stuff does ha- does happen. And I guess just like I said, it's amazing that they can just literally whip up and dig up flights for 2,500 people. Everybody's getting a refund. It's out of control. But is what it is. They're making some money. I got Norwegian stock. Hopefully they're not. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that, you know. Do we have to really give everybody a refund? Yes, we do. I'm kidding. All right. In a separate incident, we had a French man who was kicked off his ship for apparently trying to stage a mutiny. A clear no-no, guys, when you're on a cruise ship. I don't know. I would say keep the mutinies to a minimum. 53-year-old Elaine Jan and his wife boarded a Costa cruise and was headed towards the Vanilla Islands. And because of an outbreak of, ready for this, the plague both bubonic and pneumonic, the captain made the decision. That's not funny. I don't know why I'm laughing, but I know you don't hear about the plague every day. Uh, the captain made the decision to skip the three port stops in Madagascar. So apparently that is a real place and not just a children's musical. <laughs> I can hear the iPhones turning off now and you guys saying, Tommy, I'm sorry. It just got officially too dumb. I can't I can't listen anymore. I was trying to roll with you despite the stupidity every once in a while, but that just you put it over the top. I'm kidding. I think I did know Madagascar was real. It's just like Atlantis, right? Anyway, apparently the main reason for the protest was that the drinks in Madagascar were going to be significantly cheaper than they would be on the cruise ship. And for budgeting purposes, this would affect their boozing for the day. You know what? I might like this guy a little more than I thought I did. <laughs> So Jan organized about 60 people and they went into the main dining room and began pounding on the tables with their fists in efforts to rally the other guests. Jan's reasoning was that the cruise line knew about this before they left and should have alerted the passengers. Now, that I absolutely believe could be possible. Later that evening, the passengers staged another protest and at this point, the powers that be had seen enough. Jan was kicked off the ship given two nights hotel, and was flown home by Costa Cruise Line. And Jan said in an <laughs> eloquent quote, quote, and that is how I was freed from that floating prison, end quote. Not too bad. 
Hey, Chris. Cancel. What's up, buddy? Now we know what happens if we go too far. Good to know. They will give us a hotel and a flight back. Um, all right. Let's go over to the Port of Miami where they took on the highest number of cruise guests anywhere. That's right. Anywhere, 5.3 million passengers rolled through Miami this past fiscal year, which ends on September 30th. 30th. Um, It's weird that the fiscal year ends on September 30th, I guess. Do they do a New Year's Eve party? Bunch of corporate cruise big shots doing a countdown to bring their new (laughs) fiscal year to an end? Probably not. Anyway, Mayor Carlos Jimenez is that now, I know, you know, if there was a G, I would say Jimenez. A J, I would say Jimenez. But there's a G. Is it Jimenez? You don't really convert the G to a H sound, do you? I'm going to say Carlos Jimenez. Uh, quote, Miami remains the center of cruising in the world. Our seaport generated an estimated 5.3 million visitors, a tremendous milestone, not only for Port Miami, but for Miami's travel and tourism community. Cruise passengers come from virtually all over the world, contributing economic growth for our cruise line partners, our hospitality and entertainment industry, as well as generate hundreds of thousands of jobs for the citizens of Miami-Dade County. You would think uh, they would be happy, right? With all that success, they might stop there. Wrong. They are still working hard to improve the port by increasing the amount of berths and adding more parking to the facility. Earlier this year, Royal Caribbean broke ground on its new Terminal A, which is a $200 million project, apparently, to help bring in a new era of cruising. Cruise Terminal F is also undergoing an expansion and improvements to accommodate the MSC Seaside, which is set to debut at the end of 2018. Also, we found out, and we were kind of discussing this back and forth in the group, Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge, uh, the Meraviglia, you know, we're, there's not necessarily any scheduled sailings in Miami, but through some research, we realized that the Meraviglia, which I've said on this show before, to me, from aesthetically and just looking at it and the renderings, might be the perfect cruise ship. Uh, but that will debut in Miami in 2019. And also the highly anticipated Virgin Voyages ships will make their way to Miami in 2020. So despite crushing it this past year, Miami, the capital of the cruise universe, is only getting bigger and only getting better. Really sincere congratulations to the Port of Miami. You guys keep up the good work. You know, I mean, when you think Miami in general, you think a lot of South Beach, you think a lot of uh, Miami Beach and, you know, downtown and trendy nightlife. But, I mean... It is the cruising capital of the world, and cruising is a huge thing in Miami. If you've ever been down there to the uh, South Point Park, I, I, I highly recommend it. I actually was down there on business once, and I went down there by myself, and I just hung out there, and you just – it's a parade. It's a parade of cruise ships that are leaving there on any given kind of weekend day. And the view is perfect. It feels like you can kind of reach out and touch them. You're on this rocky jetty. There's a Smith & Walensky Steakhouse right there. And uh, it's just a very, very pleasant park. And it's if you look to the right, if you walk out past the jetties onto the pier, walk all the way out to the pier, there's people fishing. There's a nice park there. There's plenty of room. It's almost like a little mini Miami Central Park. I mean, some, you know, the pockets out there are unreal. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a, Pocketarium, and uh, you, you look to the right, and that's where the cruise ships are sailing out of. And you look to the left, and you're 
basically at the mouth of South Beach. That's literally right where South Beach starts. So, I mean, you want to talk paradise, that's pretty, pretty close to it. All right, moving on. Not quite on Miami's level, but making some serious strides of their own is NOLA, New Orleans. That's right. Uh, surpassed the 1 million cruisers mark for the fourth year in a row and has its sight set on doing doing it even bigger and better in the upcoming years. Uh, what they got going on there, Carnival has two year-round ships there in the Dream and the Triumph. You guys remember the Triumph, right? That was the one a few years ago that was dead in the water, had to get towed back to port via the tugboats. And this is insane. That's got really got a lot of press. And it's like it's almost like at this point it's like it never happened. But if you can remember the press it got, it was like 24-7 coverage with these news networks. I guess that was uh, a different time when they didn't have so much political ammunition to uh, use. But they uh, were covering the crap out of that. And uh, Norwegian is also set to move the breakaway from New York City to New Orleans as well. And at over 4,000 passengers, that will be the largest ship ever to call Port Nola home thus far to date. And after a long break, our buddies over at Royal Caribbean are returning to the Crescent City as it will be sending the vision of the seas there in later 2018. I have never been to New Orleans you guys, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Give me some New Orleans stories, some New Orleans recommendations. I absolutely want to go. And I have decided that my fall cruise 2018 will be out of New Orleans. And I think I'm going to do like maybe a five-day run, uh, you know, so I can get like a – it's crazy because I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I do weekends here and there. I'll take road trips. I've done Key West. I've done this, whatever, but – I have never taken a full vacation. Since my first cruise, I have never taken a full vacation that has not been a cruise. You want to talk about a cruise addict? You're talking to one right here, or you're listening to one right here. You're listening to one unmercifully ramble into the microphone, which is what it is. All right. um, So, yeah, I'm going to do a two- or three-day stint in New Orleans, and then I'm going to make my way onto whatever cruise ship is going on. If the breakaway is still there, that's a good idea because – Breakaway, I guess, you know, that's a mega ship, right? It's And so I'll definitely check that out. Um, what do you think? This is a good question. Do you think it would be better to do a couple of days before the cruise in New Orleans or a couple of days after the cruise in New Orleans? Because I'll tell you what, man, these nights prior to sail away in Miami are starting to get very, very taxing. But, hey, what do you want me to do? One night in Miami, I'm going to be the guy tucked away under the covers by 10 p.m.? Hell no. I'm going out. I'm hanging out in Miami. Plus, I have to. What are you going to do? If I stayed in a hotel, you think I'm going to freaking... <laughs> I'm going to be so excited about my cruise, I'm definitely not going to be able to sleep. And unassisted sleep, anyway. Unassisted sleep. I was listening to Doug Stanhope. Do you guys know stand-up comedy? Um, Bert Kreischer and Doug Stanhope. They're like, uh, I guess... It's cool how stand-up comedy they have these these camps. These guys are like out of like their maybe their main guy would be considered to be Joe Rogan, but they're just also very successful comedians, but just kind of like out of the Joe Rogan tree. They talk about what they call as, uh, unassisted sleeps, and they're like, "Oh, did you have an unassisted sleep?" It's actually kind of concerning, but it's funny. They uh, they describe an unassisted sleep as you go to you actually just go to sleep. Like that's the things. There's certain people who just cannot do an unassisted sleep, whether it's being drunk and passing out, whether it's being high as a kite off weed or whatever and just kind of like 
passing out or legitimately having to take some sort of a sleep aid like an Ambien or something. And they're, and they're like kind of pat themselves on their back when they actually have an unassisted sleep. It's kind of funny. Kind of gives you an example. Like you guys probably look at me. Tommy drinks a lot. Tommy does I mean, I got five unassisted, six unassisted sleeps a week. You know what I mean? So it's all relative. Everything's relative. And uh, really, you know, who are we to judge each other? Um, have any of you guys sailed out of NOLA? Let me know. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. If you have any advice doing so, I would appreciate that. Because, again, you know, I said I changed, I changed plans a lot because I was really hot for that Panama Canal a few uh, a few months back. And I still am. It just got a little bit more complicated because I was doing some research and I realized I want to go on a Panama Canal sailing, but there are certain types of Panama Canal sailings. Is it a full crossing? Is it a partial crossing? If you're doing a partial crossing, where are the stops? Because if you're stopping in one port, you know, a lot of them showed me where, okay, you can stop in the one port and you could see the locks. And a lot of people are like, okay, the, you know, we're not stopping anywhere. We're not, we're stopping in one port because it's for three hours and we'll let you off the ship or whatever. But if I do a Panama Canal cruise, it's not just going to be about me sailing through the Panama Canal, turning around and coming back. What I want to do is get off and have a good seven or eight hours to be able to explore Panama City. It, it, when I did my research on it, and go back and check out the back episode, the Panama Canal research cruise, uh, you know, the um, episode, and check it out because I broke it all down. And there are some beautiful, beautiful things to discover in Panama City. And I looked and saw that some of the sailings do stop in uh, Cologne, or is it? I get Cologne and Limon confused. I think Cologne. Yeah, Cologne, Panama is the one that stops there. There is another stop that's closer to Panama City, but that's very rarely stopped at. And when you do stop there, it's a tender. So, really, the main Panama stop is Cologne. And. If you're gonna give me three hours in Cologne, you know I'm. I don't know. I'm gonna look. For, I'm gonna hold out for a little bit more because I'm gonna want to get off the ship. How often am I in freaking Central America? How often am I in Panama? I'm gonna want to be able to get off the ship, get in a cab, and go to Panama City, which looks to be a beautiful cosmopolitan kind of very very well built up city. There's a uh, beautiful causeway out there that you can walk out onto and kind of like experience some drinks and kind of be out there in the middle of nowhere and watch some cruise ships and be at the Pacific end of the mouth of the uh, Panama Canal. And again, so that's what I'm saying. That's why I kind of put that on hold and, you know, other reasons too. A lot of, if you're going to do that whole run, it's a very long cruise. So I also realize why it's not necessarily available to everybody to be able to do because who, uh, who can get you know, 14, 15 days off in a row. So while the Panama Canal sailing is still very, very much on the bucket list, I kind of stepped back a little bit and rethought it. So, and right now, who knows, the same thing could happen when I'm talking about New Orleans right now. My mindset is I want to go to New Orleans, but also my mindset is I'm not going to go on a vacation without being it being a cruise. So my mindset right now is in the fall, let's do three days in, uh, you know, maybe late summer, early fall, three days in New Orleans, and then a five or six day cruise. We'll check out that. We'll check that out, and we'll see where that goes. Um, all right, moving on. Did you guys know about the Bacardi Legacy Cruise Competition? Me neither. But 
Now, in its 13th year, the annual competition strives to find and recognize the best bartender at sea. The competition is geared around who can provide the best service based on a list of specialty cocktails featuring Bacardi products. The finalists this year, big shout out, here we go, drum roll, ready? Dayan Denoise Gomez, he represents Carnival Cruise Lines. Andre Malik, representing Celebrity Cruises. And Shikar Grover, representing Royal Caribbean International. So good luck to those guys. The next stage of the competition is a three-month promotional campaign to publicize the brand. What brand? Bacardi, that's right, the rum of champions. And their continued excellent standards in bar service as well as their own cocktail creation. In February, a winner will be announced, and they will go to Mexico to compete in the global finals. Each of the three finalists right now, they already won this, $1,000 and a trip to Miami. And the winner will get $4,000 and be sent to the aforementioned global competition. Good luck, fellas. May the best slinger win. As much as I am rooting for these guys, they are not likely the ones you go to and slip that extra 22 and get that extra ounce of Grey Goose that you want or maybe that extra cocktail or whatever. Uh, these are those weirdos with integrity. I say that kiddingly around. I'm congratulating them. But it's kind of ironic, isn't it, that I look for the... Uh, crooked bartenders on the cruise ship and at the same time <laughs> firing them while they're on land crazy how that works out no, i don't fire them but you know we do issue a couple of warnings here and there and if it persists i get it listen man it's the real world what can you do royal caribbean held an event in new york city recently to unveil a new app that will again raise the bar as far as the convenience and technology as a whole is when it comes to cruising on Royal Caribbean ships. You have to give it to Royal Caribbean, man. I don't know what to tell you. They have positioned themselves as the go-to cruise line for all things innovation, and you have to think they're, they're going to be sitting on the top before way too long. I don't know. It's interesting if you compare that uh, to what Carnival does. Again, Carnival Cruise Line still the biggest cruise line in the world, and I am a fan of Carnival. Everybody knows that. Disclaimer is over. But... I just don't get the whole philosophy of, you know, if you're going to be the biggest and the baddest, be the biggest and the baddest. Royal Caribbean is just, and again, I don't know, it seems like it's working out for them. Their stock is, has been through the roof, but they're just pushing the bar, raising the bar. And, and if they continue to do that and continue to build the ships at the rate they're building and, you know, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm just not a fan of the whole prom dress on a pig mentality. Like, why... Are you spending so much money on these fantasy class ships? All right. Anyway, like I said, Royal Caribbean had an event in New York. I was not there uh, only because I clearly am not cool enough to be there, but they did announce that this app that they're introducing would allow you to skip check-in lines, order drinks uh, to wherever you are on the ship, and apparently light up your cabin ceiling at night with uh, stars as if you had your own personal planetarium. Instead of spending a bunch of time on this, what I'm going to do is uh, leave it at the fact that this app as a whole is de designed to make things more convenient for you. Um, less lines, less weight, and like I said, just more innovation from the folks at Royal Caribbean International. You know who is cool and was cool enough to go to this event, and that was Doug Parker with CruiseRadio.net. I'm going to refer you over to his show because he was there, and he had people there. He had Stuart Shearer on, the cruise guy on, and stuff like that, and a bunch of other guests. I would say he covered the crap out of the event. 
and you should absolutely go over there and check him out and uh, check that show out. And while you're over there, you should uh, break his chops a little bit because, you know, I don't get he's complaining about his early 5 o'clock in the morning flight. But, uh, you know, I was trying to get him over to the bar to have a couple of drinks. And when it comes to drinking at bars that I run, I think I'm just convinced that Doug might just be afraid and uh if you if you want to check out check out the last doug parker episode on this podcast to uh find out why that might be the case anyway all right some quick little headlines too before we move on from the news norwegian changed their final payment due date from 90 days out to 120 days out not sure what that's about but i don't know not really cool i guess right um, it doesn't really impact you too much other than the fact that they get to put in their account faster and, you know, they get the interest versus you getting the interest. I mean, is that really a thing now, though, too? Do you guys get interest in your bank account anymore? Uh, interest used to be like a thing, didn't it? I remember. It was almost actually significant. And I look at my bank account, look at the interest payments that I get now, and they are, um, well, let's just say not as significant. Um, we have been happy. To hear so many of these ports, of course, starting to return to normalcy and have become accept, have begun accepting cruise ships again. And we are very, very happy to see that in St. Thomas, the world-famous Megan's Bay Beach has reopened to tourists as well this week. This week. So you guys know St. Thomas was opening, and uh, you know it's not 100% open to all the sailings, but they're slowly starting to file back in, which is great. Let these people work. Let these people make some money. When you go there, like I said, don't be pissed and don't be an asshole is basically what it is and expect everything to be at 100%. Let's help them slowly get back on their feet. Oh, well, you may not get every single amenity that you're used to in that paradise freaking destination, but you know what? Let's get them a little jump start and let's enjoy it. Uh, but Megan's Bay, uh, you know, uh, not necessarily directly related to the cruise ships, but just by default because of how many, you know, it's one of the most celebrated beaches in the world and it is open for business as of this week. Royal Caribbean's Independence of the Seas. Shout out to Emma. Emma from her blog, Emma Cruises. Uh, definitely check her out and let her know that we sent you. You can uh, check Always Be Booked back episodes for our interview with Emma too and that was a fun little kind of back and forth we had. She did a sailing aboard the Independence of the Seas. Uh, she gave it a cool little nickname. She was calling it uh, apparently the sailing had a lot of wind and she was posting a lot of pictures and blogging about how windy it was so she kind of, you know, she's a She's a she's a British she's a British girl from the UK and you know they're very very good with the linguistics and she kind of you know aptly named it the uh, nicknamed it the Windy Indy kind of catchy the Windy Indy Independence of the Seas well anyway Independence of the Seas is going to dry dock in April of 2018 and it will get the following new features a sports bar an ice cream shop a fish and chips joint a kids water park an Asian restaurant, and some new panoramic view cabins. Also, they're going to be adding an ice skating rink, which seems to be a hit on Oasis and Quantum class ships, so they're bringing it down to the Freedom class ships. They're also doing a uh, laser tag arena and trampolines. Trampolines would be make me a little nervous. You bounce a little too high, you go off the side of the ship. Maybe that's, maybe, I don't know, trampolines? As long as it's done with safety in mind. Uh, there's also an escape room, which is a trendy new thing that I have absolutely zero interest in. You guys into that? They lock you in some room. Yeah, we had a uh, a girl who 
worked with me in Orlando, and she was kind of like the line dance instructor for the Wednesday nights. And she, her day job was a manager and event coordinator of uh, this new escape room uh, feature. You know, Orlando has no shortage of for things uh, for tourists of things to do. So uh, she would always invite us down. I was like, absolutely not, no, thank you. And lock me in a room, and uh, a lock me in a room so I could feel claustrophobic, and then b make me feel stupid by not being able to figure out how to get out. No. I'll sit that one out. And also, they're going to be making improvements to their main showroom theater in advance of eventually introducing Grease as their main production show. I have my eye on a lot of things cruising-wise, and sailing on a Freedom-class ship is absolutely one of them. Uh, The keel was laid for a new class of ships in the Royal Caribbean fleet called the Quantum Ultra-class, and the name of the first ship in that class is Spectrum of the Seas. The ship will set to debut in 2019 and will be just a bit larger than the three ships in the standard Quantum class. What else did I see on Royal Caribbean? I didn't write this down because it was kind of a little late-breaking, but... Oh, I saw that they are... Is it Royal Caribbean? Or Celebrity? Shoot. doesn't make a difference. Royal Caribbean and Celebrity, same company. One of them... This is this is unprofessional. I'm sorry. But one of them is putting out a new expedition, a, a, a purpose-built ship for expedition cruising. And I just learned about expedition cruising. Also, back episodes, did a show on expedition cruising. Introduced that show by saying it sucked. <laughs> I learned not to do that anymore. <laughs> I see my numbers on all these shows. And, uh, well, why is there only like four people listening to the expedition cruising show? Well, because at the beginning of it, you said, welcome to Always Be Booked. Uh, this show that you're about to hear kind of sucks. And if you're going to skip one, this is the one. I got a lot of good feedback on that show. People said it didn't suck. They enjoyed it. But it was uh, expedition cruising. And uh, that sounds something that is mildly on my radar. I'm not here to say that it's up there with the Panama Canal or sailing into New Orleans. But an expedition cruise is definitely something that's piquing my interest. And uh, I don't know. If it, I may get a little bit more. It may get a little bit more traction as the cruising years go by. And as you know, you've been there, done that with so many different cruise types of things. All right, let's get into the main topic of the show. All right, so the main topic of the show is the future of cruising. Some of the following is already in the works, and some of it is really just an idea in the minds of the powers that be. But what I wanted to do was just to touch on some of the things that might be in the works for the upcoming months or years in cruising, some of the things we can look forward to and possibly challenge the boundaries of on. First and foremost, what I wanted to ask you guys, what you guys think about the economics of cruising, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. I am obsessed with cruising for a ton of reasons, but right among the top of the list is pricing, just how economical it is for you to be able to get a nice good long vacation, see multiple amounts of islands, and just really shut down at a great price. Clearly, some cruises cost more than others, but what do you guys think about the general price of cruising nowadays, and where do you think it will go? I ask that because it's a little bit, to me, in my mind, a misconception. Uh, I feel like a lot of people think that all these cruise ships are being built, and that's absolutely 
going to drive down the prices. I mean, it makes sense. It's business 101, supply versus demand. Uh, if the amount of cruise ships skyrocketed, then the prices will plummet, right? Well, in my opinion, not necessarily, because if you do your full-on market research, the, what you'll realize is that the, the demand to take cruises has increased over 60% in the last decade. And with that, you know, it seems to be just inevitable that there's going to have to be more cruise ships built to to satisfy that demand. Um, I wouldn't expect demand from now into the future to, to do anything but increase, especially since I think we've started to s- scrape the surface of like the innovations that are going to be out there. But I think the real innovation is going to happen over the course of the next five to ten years. Uh, now, Will it increase at the rate that keeps up with how many new ships are being built as far as the demand goes? I don't know, but to me, I don't I'm I'm not in the camp of people that just think that the more well, all these mega ships are getting built, so clearly the supply is gonna go up, so demand is gonna go down. I just don't I don't buy that. Um two major driving forces for demand to go up are cruises who are under fifty years old. There's um a lot of people who are used to, you know, cruising, older, old, overfed, nearly dead, and maybe throwing newlywed. That's like the moniker that people used to say. But cruisers who are under 50 years old are just more pre- prevalent. Even world cruises and expedition cruises and relief cruises and, you know, just a lot of the things that are on land that you can experience on land are are making their way to cruising. So that is just going to, you know, singles cruises, theme cruises, all this stuff is on the rise, and all of those things are going to skew the age group down below 50. Another thing that is driving demand up uh, is the Asian market. A lot of cruise ships are being purpose-built for the Asian market, and you see a lot of not just, you know, the throwaways or like the lower-class ships kind of going out there to see, scoop up, engage if there's any interest. Well, that's already happened. That stuff is taking place. They've done the tests, and they see people in the Asian market are absolutely cruising, and the demand seems to be going up in the Asian market, and what you're seeing is a lot of the mega ships that are brand new built that you expect to be in Miami or wherever else and you know south florida going into caribbean or some of the more prestigious locations in the mediterranean no they're being purpose built and automatically immediately put into the asian market now look for that to continue a little bit in australia australia is going to try to make a big push the issue there has always been that sydney which is the biggest cruise port in australia it, it's very crowded, and it caters to a lot more than just pleasure cruising. And also, another issue that they're up against is that there's a big bridge that's apparently, I'm not totally familiar with that geographical area, but doing some research that there's learning that there's a bridge there that really basically puts a cap on how big of a ship they can actually handle. Enter Brisbane, or as you're supposed to say it, Brisbane. Brisbane? How do you say it? Guys, I am a pronunciation nightmare. We're just going to have to get through that together. I'm sorry. So I'm going to go. I'm going to try to do authentic. If I sound like a jerk off, I apologize. I apologize. It's Brisbane, a smaller metropolis than Sydney. But they are said to be getting ready uh, to build a brand new cruise terminal that will be free of the restrictions that Sydney deals with. And in some, and in some ways, some people say that it will take over as the main cr- cruise port in Australia within the next 10 years. That'll be interesting to see. Uh it's hard to believe that because, you know, Sydney is, you know, 
that's what you hear about Australia. That's the main metropolis in Australia, and Brisbane is, a, I think it's a couple hours drive away. It's not terribly far away, but if you can start getting some of those mega ships in there, start doing some of the longer sailings and stuff like that, uh, I, I don't see it being impossible. I don't know. What do you guys think? Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Great job again, by the way, with the emails. We'll go into the emails later, but I do appreciate you guys hitting me up and uh, answering the call to emails arms that we made last week. Um, like I said, we did do a show on Expedition Cruising. It is a half of a pleasure cruise and half of an educational slash adventure trip. Uh, guests are going to have more uh, activities. They're going to end up, not to steal a line from Step Brothers, but uh, they're going to end up sailing to more remote locations that are based more on culture than they are on cocktails. This is a genre that will be particularly attractive to millennials. And like I said, we talked about driving the age range down. And it is expected to continue to boom as we are seeing ships being purpose built for the just, like I said, sole purpose of expedition cruising. Whereas it used to be, uh, you know, you would just, there would be regular cruise ships or whatever, or smaller cruise ships, and <clears throat> they would just go on expedition cruises. Now they're seeing that being so popular, they're building purpose-built expedition cruises some of those are crazy they i learned uh and i mentioned it on that show that i did on expedition cruising they do wet landings can you imagine going off a cruise ship and jumping off the back of it into a raft and landing up on the beach washing up on the beach of wherever you're going that's cool that's like the type of thing that is driving me towards wanting to eventually do an expedition cruise. Uh, another draw for younger cruises will be the level of technology that will be brought to the table and the increased amount of fast internet access that will be at your disposal uh, based on, you know, millennials, they want to be connected. They want to always, you know, you could say, you know what, you're going on a cruise to shut down, put the laptop and the iPad away. You could say that till you're blue in the face. And yes, the maybe the 40 and over crowd does uh, subscribe to that. But not the millenniums. They don't care where they're going. Their laptop, their iPod, their smartphones are going to be just as part of their vacation as anything else. And the fact that the pricing is going to go down and the connectivity is going to increase will also drive the market down to younger cruisers, which will in turn create more demand as a whole. Thus, like we talked about, not necessarily guaranteed lower pricing. Um, another thing is ships will be purpose built for the part of the world that we are sailing in. Uh, we already talked about that with the Asian market. Another thing you could see in the future of cruising by some of the renderings and stuff is that the uh, look of cruise ships of the future are going in a completely different direction. The bows and hulls are taking on a much more modern, sleek, new age look than the old ones of you know yesterday or even today. You guys know I spend a good deal of time <clears throat> playfully bashing the fantasy class ships, but you know how you could tell by the naked eye pretty much that these are old and outdated ships. When you see those nine-story high ships with uh, little, very few uh, visible balconies and virtually what I realized the main uh, property of those ships are is that virtually all of the staterooms that you see, except maybe a few exceptions or whatever, they're limited to the confines of the hull of the ship. And anything as far as common areas or entertainment areas are built above the hull. Uh, you know that's an old cruise ship when you could see that. With the advent of this new style, this change in design is something that uh, can draw a line in two separate eras of cruising. You know, like you see, those old cruise ships, you see the big, long bows and the hulls and like a little bit of, a, I guess, what would you call it? 
like the hotel portion of the ship kind of just sits on top and most of the action is actually in the bow and then now modern day cruises you see okay well there's maybe like four some four three four five maybe five decks that are in the in the hull and then the main portion of the ship is shooting off of the top of the promenade deck and you can tell that's two different eras in in cruising it's almost like you're going to be able to see the same thing in the cruise ships of the future. You'll see, uh, you know, it's hard to explain what they look like, but, you know, first of all, the color, they have it like it's like a little bit of a darkish gray. The front of the ship is an imposing looking pointed shape. It seems to extend higher straight up than most cruise ships of today. It almost looks more like a hard charging like locomotive. Again, I'm, I know I'm doing a terrible job of explaining this, but I would encourage you to just check out some of the renderings of the Virgin Voyage uh, Voyage line cruise ships. And I also looked at some of the Norwegian ships and uh, uh, Royal Caribbean ships. They, they kind of have a little bit of a similar feel in the futuristic ships and the renderings that they have coming out in, in between 2018 and 2022. Uh, I haven't seen them much from Carnival, probably because they are uh, getting ready to send the Fantasy Class ships to Dry Dock uh, for Carnival 4.0. Um, do you think they'll ever get to Carnival XP? Who knows? But I don't know. I'm hoping. I'm really. I, I love Carnival. I'm just. I, mean, I kid them. I just hope they kind of come around and start. Uh, I know what they do is they say, you know what, you guys fight over the technology. It's almost like New York City. We used to always want the biggest building in the world. We kind of got away from that. You know what, Middle East, you want it? You know, Dubai, wherever, Tepe 101, and all these other places that are looking to build higher into the sky as possible. Yeah, it's not really where we're going anymore. We're just trying to be productive. Maybe that's a functionality and efficiency for Carnival, and I get it, but... Again, you got to get sexy. You know what I mean? You want to sell these things. You have a very, very hard to tell me that Carnival Elation went into its 14th dry dock and now has Guy's Burger and Guy's Barbecue than me uh, getting excited about a brand new Royal Caribbean Spectrum of the Sea ship that is the most technologically advanced thing at sea. It's it's tough. I don't know. What do you guys think? Talk to me. Again, Tommy at alwaysbebook.com. Tell me what you think about you know, refurbishing older ships uh, versus really kind of being at the forefront of, you know, the pioneering the new technology. Uh, another thing of the future of cruising and starting to be like currently in cruising is a renewed focus on outdoors. You hear that over and over again, and most notably with the upcoming MSC Seaside. Ships are being built to connect with passengers with the sea. Connect passengers with the sea. If you uh, don't miss an episode, this will be repetitive, but I need to let cruise lines know how important it is to have an aft pull deck and bar. Uh, I'm begging. Again, please let me know. Anybody out there, give me a reason to not have a pool and bar at the back of the ship. If the aft-facing balconies, right, so you have aft-facing balconies, they're sold at a premium. That means cruise lines are already aware of the beauty of an unobstructed view of the ship's wake coupled with the horizon and the sea. Why would you not work to put as much common area real estate as possible back there? The Lido pool deck is nice. I get it. It's beautiful. It's You're outside, and that's kind of like why you cruise. Uh, but it's always surrounded by, I mean, is it not? Is It's always surrounded by four walls, and it's over-the-top crowded with kids and families and stuff like that. Carnival realizes this. This is where you got to give it to Carnival. They don't build a ship nowadays without having an aft pool. And it really, honestly, it needs to be industry-wide. It needs to be non-negotiable. And 
And the NCL, Norwegian seems to be coming along a little bit. All their ships used to have that outdoor seating, whatever it was, the extension of the Garden Cafe. Now they changed it uh, on the Breakaway and Breakaway Plus classes with the Spice H2O. Huge, huge improvement, uh, improvement, but why do you take your biggest natural asset, which is the full view of the sea and the horizon, and cover it up with a giant screen, which is what they do? They don't have a pool back there. They do have a nice area back there where you can, uh, you know, sunbathe and have a bar back there. And they have a very, very cool recreation out there, kind of like a multi-use area. But I don't get why you take, first of all, you don't have a pool. And second of all, why do you take a giant movie theater size screen and put it back there and cover up the beautiful view of the horizon? You got the screen, but you could still put the screen back there on the other side. I mean, the, what do they have back there? They have that, um, the grotto. The grotto. Eh, it's a little gimmicky. It's not bad. It's nice. Very nice. Very aesthetically pleasing. But it wasn't really too functional. Get rid of the grotto. Put the projector or the, the big screen back on the other side and give us a full, you know, 270 degree view of that horizon. Um, Royal Caribbean, what, they, what they do is they have their flow riders back there. They have a bar back there, which is cool. You can kind of chill back there and check out the back. But it's a very smaller more confined area and it's dominated by mostly the flow riders on the newer ships i don't know i don't i know i harp on it i don't mean to harp on it but i mean i'm probably going to continue to do so until they start listening and let me know if you guys feel as strongly about that as i do or if you don't um let me give it up to carnival again because the vista ships they have two f pools on two separate decks the regular ones which is you know there's standard normal bar aft aft pool and you know pool deck and they also have the um havana club which is almost like they have it's a little bit that's a little more exclusive i think you can't go in there unless you have a havana cabana up until like seven o'clock i believe they changed the times a couple of times so but then once that's over you can go out there and, and it's 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 available to the whole ship and you can kind of hang out and watch the sunset and they have hot tubs back there and they have a really cool vibe back there and it looks like it's actually i don't know if it is i haven't seen it up close but it has a little bit of the feel of an infinity pool all right so let's fast forward to the msc seaside and the upcoming version ships that are taking a step further there will be aft pools in a very innovative design uh, in that the, the the pool decks you'll see like you know how could i say it the the pool decks will be on the promenade deck and they'll feature a true hotel-looking experience where the structure is basically going to shoot out from the back of the ship. So like all the pools, very rarely do you see a pool anywhere else on the cruise ship besides the Lido deck, aft or in the midship, whatever it is, or you know wherever, on the Lido deck or the top decks. What they're doing is reserving a little bit of a space to put a sun deck and a pool on the promenade deck, which lays it out to be flat in that area, and then a hotel-looking structure with glass elevators, in MSC's case, shoots up, and you're basically looking at a conventional-style hotel. Again, if I'm not doing a great job describing this or painting the perfect picture, check out the renderings. Um, it's a really nice, unique design. I don't know it remains to be seen if it is going to be the most functional, and that's what you have to give it up to cruise ships. And that's the one thing I will say and repeat myself on, as I said in another episode, of why the only saving grace for old ships is that in the olden days, 
90s, whatever it is, they built cruise ships because of just unique ideas. The industry has not had not perfected how to make a dollar out of every square centimeter of the ship. And a formula, over the years, a formula develops in everything, in sports, in construction, and everything, and then trends start to develop. Now, before that took place, people were experimenting. Some things worked, some things didn't work. And a lot of times, those things that didn't work for the cruise line ended up working out better for the guests, i.e. wider hallways. You can walk down a hallway on an older ship, chances are, and not have to do the uh, fat guy shuffle every time you're trying to pass somebody if a cabin steward is out there or if a room service person is out there. And, uh, you know, that that was nice. It's a nice and very luxurious feel to be able to walk down a normal-sized hallway. Uh, there was also common areas that were larger. Now, uh, somebody in the cruise line realized that these hallways, being this large, while very, very convenient for the guest, is not cost-effective. It would be much more, uh, if we save an inch here, a foot there, another inch here, we can have X amount of more staterooms, and let's go that route. So that's what I'm saying. Uh, but it's interesting to see... If a lot of these things, and going back to functionality, if these hotel promenade pool setups, which look to be nothing out there now, but at least I'm thinking of four ships right now that are slated to have that particular design, let's see if they end up being both enjoyable for the guests and cost-effective for the cruise line. Because if they're not cost-effective for the cruise line, forget it. You won't see them last too long, and you will better enjoy them while you're on those ships. Um what else? All right, so wearable technology is another piece of uh, – it's, it's, it's out there now. Uh, I think it was pretty much launched by Carnival Corporation on the Princess Cruises, but you're going to see that it's going to be more and more. Like we talked about with the um, event that Royal Caribbean did uh, in Brooklyn or wherever it was in New York around here, and uh, they introduced their new you know ways to not have to wait in line and all that stuff. But wearable technology is going to make the key card obsolete, which will be much to my dismay. Uh, Celebrity Edge, we are giving this ship its own subheading also. So the Celebrity Edge is just something we should just talk about on its own because it it is about to be released and it has some of the more innovative things we have ever seen. And we're going to start with the Magic Carpet. That's something I definitely want to get on. I don't know about Celebrity Cruises, and we always make sure that we talk mostly about the big three on this show, but talking about Celebrity and talking about some of the things they're bringing to the table on this particular ship, I kind of... I don't know. I kind of want to see. Maybe I could at least see it in a uh, ship inspection, possibly. But I definitely want to check it out. So you have the the magic carpet, and if you and again, it's another thing. I encourage you to check out the rendering or the mock-up drawings or the you know the animated videos, the virtual videos that they have on YouTube. But it's a restaurant. It's a it's a nightclub. It's a disembarking vehicle, and it's a thing that basically they strapped to. Uh, I guess. What would you call them? I don't know the term, but it's basically like a um, it's a lift. It's like it's like a you, you can it's off the side of the ship, and it's about the length of two ten a length of a tennis court, one tennis court long, and it's a platform that just gets, it's an elevator in an essence, and goes up and down from the promenade deck all the way up to the Lido deck, and at some points in the night it's a restaurant, some points in the night it's a cocktail in a lounge, some points it's uh, where you disembark, and it's just totally fluid, almost like a venue for the ship that is literally hanging off the side of the ship and gets adjusted floor by floor as it shoots up and down. Through that. I think it probably makes three stops. <clears throat> it's almost like the, um, what do you call it, the... Uh, 
which those elevators, the rising tide, I think, on uh, Oasis of the Seas. A little bit like that, except it's off the side of the ship and I think uh, significantly bigger. Um, the other thing that's very, very uh, advanced on the celebrity ship are those fully open-air balconies. Uh, the cabins that, you know, instead of if you have a balcony cabin, instead of it just being a door that leads you out to the balcony, it's a garage door that you lift up and... In essence, you're basically now in an indoor-outdoor cabin. Your entire cabin is theoretically outdoors because you have no walls. It goes right to the balcony. And uh, they look really, really cool. Um, I don't know. I guess that's not a safety issue. I guess, I don't know. They always tell you don't prop open the doors when when you have a balcony cabin because of the wind and stuff like that. I wonder if there is going to be any wind issues with that because, like I said, you know, you're not supposed to leave the door open when you leave the cabin i always prop it open because i just love the wind and i love to hear the uh the the waves and i just love that whole therapeutic kind of the the audio you know the the audible peace and the serenity of of the ocean i always leave it open but you're not supposed to when you leave the cabin and then uh that's one of the few things that cabin stewards will mess with they won't mess with most of your stuff but if you prop open that door they will they are obviously by rule they will shut the door um and then uh what else uh oh like i said the wearable technology they'll have everything on that ship will be completely innovative you'll be able to you know do everything from your phone you'll be able to check in you'll be able to unlock your stateroom door you'll be able to control the your room's temperature from your phone the lighting um, it all happens via a propriety celeb- uh, celebrity app, which will, you know, it, it also puts the concierge, the ship map, the daily event schedule, all basically in your pocket. So that's another thing. Uh, another thing that's a, it was interesting. The the CEO of uh, Royal Caribbean, whose name is Richard Fain, he had a great great quote about this whole thing, and uh, it was pretty much. You know, some of the best quotes are just, you know, not long drawn out statements like I give you, but but just like very, very simple things. He's like when it, and his quote was, and I don't want to mess it up. I think I got it here somewhere. Yeah. All right. He says, when you have to sign a contract for five billion dollars, your hand shakes. But now that I've seen the design, my hand no longer shakes. That's like a wartime consigliere right there. Um, also, Royal Caribbean's icon class. Uh this is what they're going with the icon class and the claim to fame on that. Of course, it'll have most of the technology of most of the other new age ships that they have. But what they're trying to do is go green with this ship. They will have uh, uh, water disposal and water efficiency to reduce their carbon footprint. Uh, the next step they'll have is to ensure the next generation of vessels will have little as little impact on the environment as possible. Royal Caribbean's icon class ships planned for 2022 will be powered by liquefied natural gas and use uh in use full uh i'm sorry will be powered by liquefied natural gas and use fuel cell technology to reduce the gas emissions so i mean you can't knock it i'm not sitting here telling you i'm some tree hugger or something like that but i (laughs) not that there's anything wrong with a tree hugger but i am saying that you know why not if there's anything you can do in a cruise ship, you know, and they say cruise ships and, you know, these, uh, you know, these private jets and all these, they're, they're some of the biggest, biggest uh, offenders of the environment. And, uh, you know, if there's any ability 
that we have whatsoever to be able to shut that down a little bit and make things a little bit more environmentally friendly, why the hell would we not? Another thing, in the future of cruising, they're saying that there will be a holographic staff. Now, I don't know about this, guys. What do you think? Uh, It'll soon be available for real-time interactions with customers at touch points around cruise ships. They're going to act as virtual information points. The holographic helpers will give onboard directions, answer customer questions, and make announcements. Every time I think holograms and people like holograms, I can't help but think back to when Tupac did a duet with Snoop Dogg. And uh, it was Tupac's hologram after he was dead. <laughs> so I'm just picturing on this cruise ship a bunch of Tupacs pointing you out to where the Lido deck is and where the main dining room is and this and that. But, you know, I don't know, man. Are you all right with that? The holograph, the holographic staff? You, you're going to have actually have a conversation and you're going to have some hologram looking you in the eye and telling you where to go? Man, one day, I guess. I guess, but, man. So we're in that transition period, and uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm ready for that. All right, so they will have a much more, I guess, interactive experience when deciding which cruise ship you want to go on. Virtual reality ship inspection. So if you want to really, really know what the ship is going to be like before you get on the ship, they're going to have locations. And they rolled it out a little bit. They did it via a, I guess, Maybe uh like like a truck like they 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 did a tour I think it was, I think it was Celebrity Edge I think it was the Celebrity Edge, uh, tour that went coast to coast and just stopped in different you know cities throughout the country, and you were basically boarding a truck in the uh you know in the, in the back you walked onto the back of the truck and you sat down and you got a full on experience of what it would be like to be on the Celebrity Edge and. Why not, man? I mean, that, that, that's probably cool. You sit in, you know, you sit in the chair. You're in the, uh, the container portion of a truck, and they're giving you a full ship tour, and you actually feel like you're on the ship. And that's going to be another good way to sell cruises. And all those people who are non-believers, guys, we're already sold. You know that we're sold. We're going to be cruising forever. But there are a bunch of people out there that will hate cruising and never should be at sea. But then there's also those people that don't really know what they're missing. And once they get a feel for what they're missing. They're going to be addicts like myself. I didn't take my first cruise, guys, until I was 30, 36. I was like, damn, this is what I've been missing. So this is what you're going to get. You're going to get these things that are going to reach out and show people that, okay, you know, you've never taken a cruise before. Step into the back of this truck and uh, you tell me if you think you might. this might be something you might like. Uh we already talked about get ready for Virgin Voyages. This is just going to be a new age type of cruise ship. I mean, you guys know Virgin. They try to push the envelope, push things forward, and try to give an alternative. And they're going to have their hands full trying to out-innovate Royal Caribbean. But it looks like they're going to take a shot at it. They got three ships signed on to be built, and they got them on order. There's one coming out in 2020, and it is going to be literally just for adults now that could be two ways that could be just means like a bunch of old people but if i know virgin it doesn't really seem to me like they're gonna go just for the older crowd it seems like they're gonna try to you know reach out to the millennials as well all right so this one down the road a little bit but some japanese shipbuilders are saying that they will have self-driven container ships i say container ships by 2025 correct (laughs) These are based on uh, transporting goods, not human life. But you have to think that with all the self-driving cars out there about to hit the scenes, uh, self-driving crews, 
probably isn't the craziest thing in the world. Don't get me wrong. It freaks me out too. I don't know what you guys think. I don't know. You guys into these self-driving cars? They say it's a foolproof technology. I don't know. One little glitch, everything goes wrong. It's a, I mean, some this is human decision-making, I would think. You'd want that uh, capacity at some point during your freaking uh, drive, especially on the road. I mean, if, what would you feel more comfortable doing? Cruising the high seas unobstructedly at a cool 25 knots with no driver? Or doing 85 in traffic down I-95 in a Ford Focus with no driver. I don't know. It's interesting to think about. But, I mean, if you're going to do self-driving cars, you bet your ass they're going to have self-driving cruise ships eventually. Um, most of you guys know about the robot bartenders that are on Quantum and some of the newer Oasis-class ships, right? Well, robotics are gaining steam and you know, just in regular society. And while they can already vacuum your house... What else will they be able to do in the coming years? Now, this could be, I don't know, this could be a disaster from a human job standpoint. But as far as efficiency goes, it might be a home run. How would you guys feel about robot room stewards? I don't know. You do hit a point where it goes too far, right? I mean, how far are we going to push the technology in the effort of not having, not having to interact with any humans again for anything? I mean, that's all these apps, you know, Uber, Uber Eats, Uber Car, uh Everything, you know, all these all these things are like so you don't have to call somebody and talk to them. You basically are eliminating a step. But, I mean, if you have robot room stewards that just turn your bed down and, you know, vacuum your – I don't know. They're one of the biggest things about cruising, one of the funnest things about cruising is the room stewards because, you know, you want everybody on your cruise ship to be happy and friendly and, you know, they know you're on vacation you're going to take care of them, and they're going to give you good service. What I've definitely realized is that the room stewards are the last of the dying breed. They were always the ones you could always guarantee to get a smile from every day. However, lately, it hasn't been that way as much. Of course, if you give them a $50 bill, they will be nice. But, you know, it used to be, I remember, they were just sunshine in a in a bottle. Now it's hit or miss now a little bit. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Have you guys noticed, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com, have you guys noticed that the friendliness of the room steward is starting to get a little, get a couple of chinks in the armor? I don't know. You tell me. Um, but yeah, maybe they, <laughs> maybe they heard about the fact that there's going to be robot room steward soon and they're just kind of pissed off now. I don't know. Um, have you ever got, have you guys ever heard of something called the freedom ship? Now this is this is crazy. This doesn't exist, and the reality is it probably won't exist. But at this point, it's completely fantasy. Uh, while doing some research, research though, I've come across this project, or I really at this point should say it, it was an idea. It was hatched in the '90s by a guy named Norman Nixon. Uh, you know, cruise ships are often overdubbed as floating cities. This ship is actually a floating city. They have a, I think it was Discovery Channel. They did a, now Discovery Channel does these. They'll do like, uh, it was like, I think it was a series. Two of the cooler things I've seen was Japan's Sky City. And it was basically, they built a city, but it was upright, straight up. It's a city that went straight up two miles into the sky. And then another one was, this was freaking free. I watched this thing four times because it fascinated me. The possibility of a train that shoots you under the ocean from New York to London to Paris in an hour. And uh, they had a whole, as crazy as that sounds, they had a whole 
half hour documentary on what would need to what would what, what people have actually thought about this and they've really spent a lot of time trying to figure out the feasibility of this and they did the same thing with this so this is a freedom ship it's a floating city if it is ever built it will be over ready three million tons now let's put that in perspective the harmony of the seas is about 225,000 tons this would be three million tons and it would carry over 50,000 people i did see some cgi renderings of this thing and man what a project this would be. It doesn't look like a pleasure cruise craft, even though it technically is. It's, it, it has a fully operational and functioning airport at the top of the deck, and it sort of looks like a parking garage slash office building from the outside. So it doesn't have that gorgeous, beautiful kind of pleasure cruise look to it with the water park shooting off the top. But it is. It's to, Supposedly it is you know, for vacations and for the super rich to be able to get away and travel the world for. Um, Nixon and his partners were originally trying to build an island in Turks and Caicos. Or, or not buy an island, not build an island, but um, I guess develop an island, buy and develop an island in Turks and Caicos. But they were ultimately shut down by the local government. Then the idea came that was based on building a floating city that they can enjoy in a different country every week. This thing never got built because it would take an absolute obscene amount of money to raise. And can you imagine if this thing sank? There would also probably be thousands of things that would have to be thought of aside from that in building a ship this side. But one of the ones that comes to mind is making sure it's balanced. I mean, weight distribution would be crucial. You're really talking about an unnatural floating city. Uh, have you guys ever heard of this project? Uh, I'm going to put a link to the documentary in the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge Facebook group. Um, but check it out. It's fascinating. Some of the other obstacles they were worried about was obviously clearly if this thing sinks, that's a major – I mean if any cruise ship sinks, it's, it's a major problem. But you know, when you're sinking five uh, – I don't know how many how – many, how, how did I say how much this was going to cost? No. But um, – I mean, the billions and billions of dollars it would cost, and fifty thousand people versus two, two or three thousand people, it's it's a lot different. It's a lot different. But um, I uh, definitely, definitely um, encourage you to check that out. Uh, all right, so that's it for the main topic of the show. Anything on the future of cruising that you guys think of that we missed and you want to discuss, or any uh, corrections or anything like I said, or any suggestions or comments on some of the stuff that we discussed, I just wanted to get out there a few of the things that I was researching and just staying ahead of you know whatever's going on in the uh, you know the hot button you know topics of the industry, whether it's already in place or whether it's slated to come in the next couple of years or literally just a twinkle in somebody's eye. I wanted to kind of cover it right there, and that's about it. Let's get into the emails. All right, here we go. If you haven't found a cruise yet, you might be interested in the one we have booked on Allure of the Seas, April 8th, 2018. It's Labadee, Cozumel, supposed to be Jamaica, but I heard it may uh, they may replace Jamaica with St. John. And I heard you say Labadee is a bucket list for you. And the zip line is a must. I plan to do that also. Tracy, thank you, Tracy. Tracy's referring to last... Uh, the last topic of the cruising future of where we're going to go and we haven't decided we still have not decided and this is what this is a lore of the seas uh april 8th 2018 i wasn't in love with the oasis uh i did like it and i wouldn't say i wouldn't cruise it again i was very impressed with it clearly you're a moron if you're not 
I didn't love the Oasis. If I kind of fell into, you know, I was thinking about the Oasis because they were, the Oasis is one of those offers in those Super Bowl cruises, and it was a seven-dayer. And if I can get $500 off an Oasis class trip, but then I looked into it, priced it out, and it still would have cost me like, you know, eight or $900 a person. And that would be all in, well, all pre-booze all in. But um, I didn't rule it out. But for me to do an Oasis, another Oasis class ship, it would have to be um, – a really, really good deal. My main concern with the Oasis class, like I said before, is just they're a little sleepy. They're just a little sleepy for me, a little impersonal, and I just didn't love it. But uh, Tracy, I really, really, I mean, I can't be many more sincere when I say thank you for the suggestion, and thank you for listening, even more importantly. Keep listening, I appreciate it. Tracy is a, a regular contributor and email to the show, and I appreciate that very, very much. All right, moving on. Tommy. I have some input for the decision you have to make for your next cruise. I have only sailed on NCL. I did a back-to-back this spring, first on the Escape, then on the Getaway. You had mentioned they seemed to be like mirrored ships. To some extent, you're correct. The funny thing is, those were my thoughts also. Going from the Escape to the Getaway the next day, however, there is a big difference on how they flow. The Escape to be more open... uh, The Escape... Period. The escape to be more open and less crowded. This was my second time on the getaway. I felt lost. Moving around the ship seems to be cut off for some reason. Cannot pinpoint what it is. You may not realize that. You know, I'm going to interrupt that because that's the truth. Because you may not in, you may not realize or be able to pinpoint why getaway is rough to move around in. Just like I couldn't really pinpoint why the escape was so free-flowing. I think we're on the same page here. Um Moving on, you may not realize that if you are not fresh off the newer ship and for newer and for newer, you could tell that the getaway was older. Okay, so for a newer ship that the getaway is, it seemed a little older. Even just one year seemed to make a big difference. I would lean towards going back on the escape or checking out the Bliss. The Bliss arrives in New York on May 3rd. There is a gap from there to Miami a week later. That's weird. I did look at that. I saw that you said the Bliss was in New York, and I was like, oh, shit. I looked at it, and yeah, it's not sailing out of New York. I think maybe you might be right. I'm not sure if there is a private charter or they may be having a cruise for industry people. As to the loyalty perks, they mean nothing. So I mentioned that too. Uh, they, I have never had anyone from the port ship. I have never had anyone from the port to ship every, ever take. He wrote every, ever take my status into consideration. I usually say uh, sail in the haven, so may mean even less. So he's a haven guy. So yes, absolutely doesn't even make a difference. Uh, I have two more sailings booked with NCL, and they may be my last. The service has always been outstanding, but the quality of the food and entertainment have fallen over the past few years. I have booked on I, I have booked on Silver Season 2019 to get a taste of the ultra luxe side. If that is not my style, I will be back to check out RCL or Celebrity. Uh, to sum this up, even being a loyal Norwegian person, I would go with the New York sailing on Royal Caribbean. So he's talking about the last one I picked uh, or I had as a candidate, which was the um, nine-day out of Cape Liberty, New Jersey, um, on Royal Caribbean. There is so much value in the short commute you would have to get to the ship. You mentioned that it would be hard to get the time off. You would need more than nine days with your train travel on the seven-day cruise a nine-day cruise, book it. Thanks, Mike. Mike, you make a lot of good points, and actually, you really made me, and I and I relayed your email to my friends that I cruise with, and they kind of said it makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, it, it does. Like, 
I had a, I knew that could be a possibility. I was like, is this there's, some, there's something wrong? Because I'm looking online and it seems like these two ships are identical, but I know they're not. So there has to be some sort of a difference. And I, who, who better to be able to explain the difference between someone who literally sailed both of those ships back to back? And if you're going back to back, you, he very clearly saw that the flow wasn't as cool and the ship definitely looked significantly older. And, you know, a lot of times you try to repeat history, you make a couple of sacrifices, and all of a sudden you're dealing with an experiment, experience that is just not cool quite the same and that sounds like what might be able to happen on the breakaway but i mean i'm sorry the uh, getaway but the ship looks good enough it's still a lot more uh there's a lot more to offer than a lot of the ships i've been on and i don't think i'd com- have any complaints about the breakaway and i just love that itinerary and the price now the best point you make and you're right is the commute if i could just get on a royal caribbean ship a block a couple of blocks away over the river in new jersey that might be the best way to do it. And yes, the similar. I think I think the truth is, is that in all ways, the Royal Caribbean cruise makes the most sense. But you're talking about me wanting to cruise in March. That's when the month I was going to want to cruise in. This other one, we felt like we were making a concession to cruise in April on the breakaway. And now we're going to wait all the way till May. And then I got another friend. Shout out to John. Johnny Johnny S, uh, who wants to cruise on the same cruise, but is asking if we can push it back to their convenience to May 20-something. Now, I don't know. I would say no. You know what? Screw it. I'm just going to do the April cruise because I want to I, I be back by May. I don't want to wait till May. But then the fact that you throw that Super Bowl cruise in in February may make the wait a little bit more. I'm really – Chris – Cancel if you're listening. I'm kind of leaning towards the April one. What do you think? But then, but then John try, is trying to get me. To, I mean, the May one. I'm sorry, the May one on Royal. That, that in, in all cases, that that seems to be the way to go. And I haven't been on a, uh, a quantum class ship, so we're still deliberating. And you know what, Mike, you were very very helpful. Seriously, we're, you changed the way we looked at it. If we don't go on that uh, April cruise. It's likely because of your email. <laughs> no pressure. Um, all right, here's another one. This one's a little in many different directions. All right, hi, Tommy. The Emma podcast was incredible. What is she up to nowadays? Emma, like I said in the show, she's um, she just got off a cruise off the uh, Windy Indy, the Independence of the Seas, and she's still going strong with her blog. She has another great Facebook group out. It's called Cruising Isn't Just for Old People. And uh, I definitely recommend checking it out. And eventually, yeah, eventually, Emma's going to come back. Emma's going to come back on the show um, soon. All right, he's moving on. Uh, Stu looks ripped in the YouTube videos you posted. Is that the same Stu from Riptism fame? Yes, that is Stu from Riptism fame. And uh, believe it or not, he got a couple of sales off Riptism off this show. And uh, uh, I recommend it. Like I said, I'm not trying to, you know, it, it's a great, Riptism.com. Just check it out. I don't need to say anything else after that. Um I like the way you and Doug, he means Doug Parker, I'm assuming. I like the way you and Doug both focus on weight reduction before a big cruise. I do the same thing. I bet others do as well. So keep encouraging us. Definitely. Absolutely. The only thing is with Doug, I don't think he was doing it for a particular cruise. He actually did it the right way for a lifestyle change. And uh, he lost a bunch of weight because I guess he was just feeling like he was overweight, feeling lethargic and wanted to do something about it and made a life change. Uh, and lost 50 pounds, which is, uh, God bless him for that. But um, me, I'm a little different. I'm like you, I think. Uh, we, uh, 
I am, you know, as soon as you book that cruise, the, the 90 day, I start my diet right around final payment. <laughs> uh, so he goes on. Uh, did you hear that Doug sold his River Cruise podcast? What did you think about that? Now, great, great, uh, great point. Yes, Doug Parker sold RiverCruise.net or .com, whatever it was. And uh, I, w- I was a, no, I'm not going to say I was an every episode listener, but I had an appearance on there as well. And I uh, did enjoy it. I did listen to it uh, on occasion when I saw the topic seemed to be. Um, and yes, I did see that he sold it. And I was like, well, what the hell is he going to do? Well, who who do he sell it to? Who's who's going to? Uh, I'm probably not ever going to listen to it again. But I was surprised to see that he sold it to Sherry, the cruise maven. Uh, Sherry, is it Kennedy? Sherry Kennedy, the cruise maven, and she's the regular cruise news person on his show. So I think they do a really, really good job together. So I'm a fan of hers just from cruiseradio.net. And now she's on River Cruise Radio, and that's hers now. And I put it on, and I like it. I mean, I I, I, I I enjoyed the last episode. You know, no offense, Doug. I liked it. What do you want me to tell you? It's, she's going to do a great job with it. Um, do you think it's worth it to do a land-based vacation in Atlantis? Woo! You're asking a cruise fan if it's ever worth it. To, you could have just stopped at land-based vacation, and my answer is no. <laughs> but to be honest with you, no. I, Atlantis, if you're going to do a land-based vacation, man, have you been to Atlantis? Yes, I would say do it. I eventually will. I don't know. Sometimes I think maybe I'll get sick, a little sick of cruising, or not completely sick, but need a break from it. But just that we are not there yet. We are not even close to there yet. But uh, I don't know. I would think I would just get like, I don't know. I don't want to do a land-based vacation. I don't. Uh, maybe I should try one because maybe it'll be something like I'll do it and I'll do like an all-inclusive or I'll do an Atlantis or something and I'll just be like, why the hell didn't I do this? Why don't I do one cruise and one land? I probably should because it was like that with cruising. I didn't know what I was missing, but I just love cruising so much, so I, I don't know. I, I do think if you're going to do it, Atlantis is one of the most impressive I mean, impressive places as far as a resort. They got everything covered. They got your gambling. They got your nightlife. They got your aquarium. They got your beach. They got everything. And they got your. I mean, what what else more would you want than what they offer in Atlanta? So, if you are if you have the itch to do a land based vacation, my advice is definitely do Atlantis. Um, how do you keep from burning? Your skin is so white. Do you think there's any relationship between how much one drinks and how much one burns? <laughs> Um, well, if you listen to the show, sir, you uh, know that I've addressed that a few times. Yes, I have the uh, frog belly bottom skin tone, the translucent albino skin tone. It's actually not that bad, is it? Come on. But, yeah, no, I don't I don't expose myself to the sun a ton. I'll get the little easy little kind of red burn. I, don't, I mean, I'm not going to get tan the first time I'm exposed to the sun. It's going to be a burn, so I just try to get myself a little bit of a slight burn slight burn and then maybe it turns to tan a little bit and then you know on day four or five my my skin is a little bit more accepting of of the of the of the sun so it's it's fine i i don't i'm not the guy i don't just though how do i keep from burning burning i'm just not the guy that you're gonna find reserving a chair at 7 a.m i'm just gonna be the guy that kind of like walks around spends a little time by the pool then checks out stuff that's inside maybe grab something to eat maybe check out a trivia game maybe see what else is going on see i walk around the ship i like to stay active anyway aside from the burning thing aside from this i just could never do that even if i was freaking tan like stew i just i get too bored i don't know what to tell you so i just keep it moving i I don't like sitting there getting hot and sweaty so and then do i think how much one drinks and how much one burns 
Do you think there's any relationship between how much one drinks and how much one burns? Or do you mean, do you think how much, is that literally? If you burn a lot, you immediately have to, oh, I see what you're saying. Like if you get burned, you're going to be running to the bar because you're hot and you want to cool off. I really don't, I don't see a relationship between that, I don't think. What do you guys think? Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Is there a relationship between how much one drinks and how much one burns? Uh, moving on, same email. Do you guys get onboard credit on every Carnival cruise if you own, oh, do you know that you get onboard credit on every Carnival cruise if you own 100 shares of Carnival? I bought 100 shares through my 401k plan, and this is one of the best deals going. Carnival also pays a dividend. Wow, that's good information. I don't know if I'm in the uh, price bracket right now to be buying 100 shares of anything, but, um, well, I mean, yeah, there's a couple of dollar stocks here and there, but um, what is Carnival at, like 40 bucks? So what is that, four, four or five grand in Carnival stock? Um yeah, not bad. That's not a bad idea. I got no. I got some Norwegian. I don't have four or five grand in Norwegian, but I got some Norwegian. But that's great information. Know that you do get a dividend and you do get onboard credit. You didn't say how much onboard credit though. Um, moving on, same email. Any tips for ordering a low calorie or skinny margarita onboard Carnival? What would I ask for? Um, well, the answer to that is the problem with a skinny margarita. Yes, there's skinnier margaritas. I guess you can do, but. The, the it's just flat out ingredients in a margarita are not that skinny you have tequila which is one of the most sugar-filled uh liquors around you have sour mix lime juice 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 is just not very um you know juice is just not very um what's the word uh carb uh, carb friendly it's uh what i would say mm, something close i don't know you know what you should probably maybe try Try to go with like a vodka mojito or something like that. Like I think Stu was doing those. A little bit of syrup, a little bit of sugar in the sour, maybe a splash of sour. I don't know. The best thing you could drink, what I drink, and because I'm trying to just like, you know, I'm eating like a monster. And I just got used to this. So I don't want to drink any of my calories. I want to save more for the food. So I just go vodka soda and then just squeeze the crap out of lime in there. And you get, you know, I'm not going to tell you that it's going to be the most tasty drink the first time you drink it. But I've just been doing them for a few years now and they just i just associate them i i don't i never drink for taste anyway guys really unless i'm doing the banana daiquiris or you know what's a good let's talk about that tasty drinks because i'm telling you right now you know when you talk about alcoholics there's a lot of different versions of alcoholics i could tell you what type of alcoholic i'm not i'm not an alcoholic that needs a drink every day i don't want to drink today i mean well today it's friday i'll probably have a few drinks but uh uh, i I drink probably two days a week and my drinking is based on uh social party having fun that's it i don't ever wake up wanting a drink i don't ever go to bed wanting a drink if i'm in my apartment by myself never ever 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 i don't go to bed with a beer uh most of my friends are the same way the friends i grew up with i should say their wives make fun of us and they're always like you know, you guys get together, you watch the football game, you get Meatball Heroes, Wings, and this and that, and a bunch of soda. Yeah, we're not, there's, I mean, no offense, there's no, there's no pockets around. What are we drinking for? <laughs> and I know it's not like that for everybody. But again, if you have to like the, categorize alcoholics, and you know, self-awareness is an important thing. And I guess you'd probably say, I am a version of an alcoholic. But my version of alcoholic is, like I said, I'll have, you know, five or six double Goose and sodas tonight because we're in an environment where there's music, there's girls, there's partying, and you know the work looks seems to be done, and we're having fun. 
And you know what? That's just the realm. Or if I'm on a cruise ship because I'm at sea and I want to just blaze around the Caribbean on a uh, on a on a on a on an open air safari taxi and just really uh, enhance the experience with a bunch of drinks. That's when I do it. But I'm not drinking when I come home. I'm not drinking with my meal. I don't drink with a meal ever. I don't. I don't have a beer with my meal ever. Uh, I don't drink waking up. I don't stop by the liquor store. I don't drink wine. I don't, none of that stuff. I drink twice a week because I'm partying. That's, that's the end of the story. So I guess in, in some way that is an alcoholic. I have to say that, but you know, it's a different alcoholic. And, uh, why am I telling you this? Um, Oh, because why I drink, because why I drink the vodka sodas, because I don't drink it for taste. I'm just not drinking for taste. If you want to drink for taste, some of the things I would recommend, you know, if you if you don't particularly like alcohol. Um, the twisted teas are delicious to drink. The problem is you can't pound them because the sugar eventually catches up to you and you get heartburn and a headache. Um, the daiquiris and pina coladas. Pina colada is a delicious drink when you're on a cruise ship. I have not figured out. Every single time I've gone on a cruise until the last, like, year or two, I used to do this. I used to go back to work. I used to get the blender going, buy some pina colada mix, and because I've been drinking them the whole week on a cruise, and it just doesn't taste the same on land. I don't know what to tell you. So on a cruise ship, uh, pina colada, banana daiquiris are delicious. Um, uh, what else for just taste is there? Uh, you know what I like for taste sometimes? I like a white Russian. I like a nice white Russian or a mudslide, stuff like that. Uh, but if you're just trying to really just stay skinny and go go like you, you got to go vodka soda. And if you want a little bit of flavor in that, you could put a little bit of either simple syrup, which is just uh, sugar and water mixed together, or a little sour mix and make yourself – got to stay with the vodka. Vodka, if you want to low-carb and you want to go skinny, it has to be vodka-based. And then, you know, get your kind of like thinning out with, with, with soda – and then just throw a little flavor in there by way of either some simple syrup or a little bit of dash of sour mix or lime juice and just some fruit on top of that. And uh, I know what I'm talking about with that stuff, guys. I'm a bartender for, I don't know, how long did I bartend for? Five, six years? Um, and when he goes on, we're still on the same email here. Keep up the good work and see if you can extend the length of your podcast a bit. I think we may have done that on this one. Tell us more about Kay. <laughs> Kay, what's up? Kay, you listening to this? You're getting a shout out here. Uh, Pocketry. He wants more on pocketry. Well, those two things um, sometimes uh, work against each other. Uh, New York City, which I did on the last one, which you heard, uh, you want 75% Tommy and 25% cruising works for you. You're the best man and my favorite podcast by far. I listen to a lot of stuff. Bob, that means more than you know, man. Means a whole lot. Uh, I don't necessarily know if I'll get away with seventy-five percent Tommy and twenty-five percent cruising, but uh, you know it is encouraging to hear that you do like some of the off-color stuff and the off-cruising stuff, and I will continue to do that. Um, but it is going to be mostly about cruising because you have to kind of, you know, you know the game. You're a smart guy. You got to stay on message and to keep an audience. Yeah, you know, you have to really. Uh, they have to feel that they know that they're coming for what they're coming for, and not just you know. Guess what happened to me today? Twenty-four hours a day, you know. But Bob, seriously, uh, I emails what you just said keeps me going, keeps the podcast going, and I appreciate it very, very much. All right, so moving on, guys. If you still, if you guys are still around on this. Um, hi, Tommy. I love your show, and I look forward to every episode. Just listen to the last episode, and I thought I will give what ship what I choose. Uh, 
first and that would be the anthem because it's close to home for you and all the cool features next would be the magic uh even though you would have to pay for the drinks, especially with the guy's burger and pig and anchor barbecue. I wouldn't have to pay for the drinks because that's the same because it's going to be a drink package on all of them. So the drink thing doesn't really make any difference, right? Unless I'm missing something. Um, For me, I have no interest on going on NCL only because we don't drink and my wife are all because it's versus the NCL, right? I got you because on NCL, you don't have to pay for the package at all. Um, We don't drink and my wife uh, and my wife... This is what you wrote. For me, I have no interest in going on NCL only because we don't drink and my wife are big Coke drinkers. So me and my wife is what you meant, I guess. And uh, because you can't bring your own pop on board. I do have a suggestion. What about Harmony of the Seas? Keep up the good work. Quentin. Quentin, thank you so much for the email. And I think um, I gr- I'm starting to agree with you with the anthem. I think I kind of think that's the route we're going to go. Uh, maybe. Still got to discuss it with the others. I think Chris is partial a little bit to the um, Norwegian one because a because he's just a Norwegian guy and I'm explaining to him that the you know when you factor in everything the anthem will probably be the same amount at least the same amount money wise and you get extra days and you don't have to go to Miami Uh, but he does love Norwegian and um, and he does love St. Thomas so uh, and we, and that's the one thing about the, that's, that would be the reason why at this point, why we would still consider the, the magic, the carnival magic, uh, because I would absolutely relish the idea to do an overnight in St. Thomas and re-catch up with the ship in Tortola that I, that I want to do. And that excites the shit out of me. And I absolutely want to do that. Um, and then about harmony, Quentin, I just don't like, uh, I don't know. Again, like I said, I actually would like to do Harmony, but it's real expensive right now for the most part, I think. And um, I'm not in love with the Oasis-class ships. It might be a one-and-done. Unless I get a really, really good deal, like I said before, on an Oasis-class sailing, I'm probably going to steer clear. Again, again, there's no such thing as a bad cruise. I didn't have a bad cruise. But when I compare everything, I don't think a ship that big and that sleepy is for me. Now, the Norwegian Escape was a big ship, too. Probably only had a... 1500 less guests than you know probably what it was probably 75 percent the size of the oasis but they made an effort to have it not be sleepy it just wasn't a sleepy cruise it was one of the most uh lit as the kids say cruises that i've ever been on and i had a blast all right moving on tommy i look forward to your podcast you completely crack me up i can totally appreciate the way you have fun on a cruise parentheses referencing the story about sailing down the hallway on a food cart Uh, and i wish you many more epic adventures your stories have helped me feel confident i have chosen the right ship for my very first cruise perhaps not in the way you were thinking though i love to have fun but quietly i like to have a drink every now and then my parties usually end by 11 p.m and i am up at 5 a.m i'm sure you are probably questioning my use of the word quote-unquote party haha carnival definitely does not sound like my cup of tea i originally looked at holland but it seemed a bit too stuffy even for me (laughs) and settled on an an end of season sailing to alaska with princess i am sure i will have no wild adventures to share on my return unless there is an act of god i live through but i think it will be a trip of a lifetime for me and my husband keep up the good work and I look forward to hearing more of your stories and reviews. Just know that you are helping people make cruise decisions and all sorts 
of all sorts, and this will make their experiences even more wonderful. Samantha, Samantha, that's great. So Samantha listens to the show, gets a kick out of the show, but also learns what type of crew she does absolutely not want to have. <laughs> that's awesome, Samantha. Again, I'm really humbled by all these emails and you know the kind words, and you know you guys are just being polite and big deal. But to me, it's a lot more than that. To me, it's you know really is knowing that you guys are listening and really knowing that you guys. Uh, or getting something from the show and uh, stuff like that means the world to me. And again, I don't, you know, Alaska, Alaska is a crazy topic. And, you know, I, uh, I, 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 part of me wants to do an Alaska cruise, you know, and I, and I don't know, I may eventually do one, but also some parts of me when I know I have eight days to go, whatever it is, seven, nine days to, to, for a vacation twice a year. And I go online and I start looking up cruises, and uh, you know it's this price to go to this Caribbean island and this ship and this and that, and you know, versus freezing my ass off in Alaska. As beautiful as that scenery probably will be, as gorgeous of an experience and as much of a culture experience as you're gonna get, seeing glaciers, something you just once in a lifetime type stuff, or at least you know for some people, um, I can't break myself away. From just going on cruises where there's heat and palm trees and green water. I just can't do it. And that's why I'm kind of, you know, just stay on the Caribbean purposes of this podcast. But there's absolutely, uh, I, I cannot even put into words how much I encourage you to go on an Alaska cruise. This seems perfect for you, especially if you're in bed by 11 and up by 5. You wake up early, you smell the beautiful air and you get those beautiful views and it's probably you know it's probably more people awake at that hour on that type of cruise than on my type of cruise but you know you probably relatively is probably kind of docile and you you're just very very peaceful beautiful uh gorgeous experience that hopefully one day i'll do well hopefully one day i'll be like you know what i'll just bite the bullet and say you know what i gotta do an alaska cruise. you're probably saying you gotta you run a cruise podcast you gotta go to alaska at some point well i kind of run a caribbean cruise podcast so Again, you know, maybe I will. We'll see. Uh, but again, thank um, thank you for letting me know that I helped you, and I appreciate you listening. We're moving along here, and I think we got one more. Thanks, by the way, Samantha. That was Samantha. All right. Hey, Tommy. Top notch show this week as usual. Don't be sorry for being for not being regular. That sounds like a, a digestive problem, doesn't it? <laughs> Parentheses, it would be nice, but I would rather a good show every couple of weeks than something not so good every week, just because you think you have to. Uh, the news seems to go a bit longer, which uh, the news seemed to go a bit, little bit longer, which I enjoyed. Can never get too much cruise news. I'd like to help you out on the Facebook group, but I'm one of the two people that is not on Facebook, although it will be a good uh, reason to sign up to do it. I had a laugh when you went on your rant about New York. I played it a couple of times. Uh, played, it, played it to a couple of mates, and they cracked up. I can't wait to go there next year, and I'll be taking you up on the offer to visit you. My suggestion as to what cruise to go on would be the one leaving from New York. You can't go wrong. Hometown traveling, and it's uh, nine days. Anyway, great show. Looking forward to the next. Phil. Phil, regular. Thank you so much, Phil. Appreciate it. Um, what are we talking about here? Uh, the New York rant, yeah. It's just, you know, and it, and it goes on. And you guys know the I was ready to freaking record this podcast, and I had four hours set aside to just blow through it. And literally, it sounded like, I mean, 
I, I, I can't even describe to you. You could put a, the Facebook, always be booked, Cruiser's Lounge on Facebook. That was just one aspect. That was just the constant thing. That drilling that was going on, that was like, what would you say, the drumbeat of the whole disaster. Then the guitars, that would be like the sirens. Then like the uh, you know, the dropping of whatever materials they were using, that would be like the, you know, the keyboards. It was just all day, just constant, constant. And then cars speed up and down. I'm like, what kind of freaking jet engines? Because I guess it's because these buildings are so big and the streets are so small and compact. The echo chamber is just set up and you have, if you have a window open and the right truck barrels through your through your um you know down your road it literally sounds like a jet is taking off down the middle it's just sometimes it's a little much it's like i don't know man new york city if you can make it there you'll make it anywhere (laughs) anyway thanks again so much i'm just going to repeat over and over again instagram always be booked uh facebook the always be booked cruisers lounge facebook group if you don't mind uh rate and review and subscribe on iTunes. And, uh, you know, if you guys want to go into some of your Facebook groups and uh, let your friends know about, you know, the kid over here, feel free. Tell your friends. Appreciate you guys listening so much. And we will talk to you next time. Thanks. There's a place where the boat is from. It takes away a little your big problems. You could worries, you could drive them in the blue ocean. But you got to get away to where the boat is from. Take one part sand and one part sea. And one part shade of a nine on tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves Jimmy Good island somewhere Well, all ride the boats And don't grab your coat You won't need it Where we are going Get away To where the boat leaves from It takes away All of your big problems You could worry You could drop them In the blue ocean But you gotta get away To where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down Sand where it's cool, put me down, and when I fall on my stool, put me down, I'll just leave there till morning comes round. With sunshine, ten ladies, and pina coladas, and Bob Marley songs that I'm playing. There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear, soft tropical.